Hello, everyone, and welcome to You're on Fire, a Pokemon Unite podcast hosted by myself, Spraggles, the content cowboy, yeehaw, and all that, as well as Loosh. Hello, Loosh. Hello, Spraggles. And hello, Crashy, our additional host. Hello. I said it wrong. I said it as if Crashy is an additional host, but he's just also host. He's in the, yeah, he's, he's just he's just here. There's me. There's Lucian, and there's Crashy as an additional host. And then we have a special guest today, Chris Heroes. Hey, Chris. Hi, guys. Uh, thank here. you so much for being here, man. Uh, Chris, if you don't know, is a content creator for Pokemon Unite. Also, probably the greatest solo queue Pokemon Unite player <laughs> in the world. You can find him on Twitch oh, and uh, YouTube. It's well, it's really impressive because Chris has one of the hardest jobs in Pokemon Unite, which is only solo queue all day, <laughs> and that's very, very tough. So True. today but we're to be getting fair, into I'm to do it oh, like this. Sorry, that was so bad. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not bad at all. Uh, today we're getting into a few topics. We've got Espeon to talk about who just came to the game. We have the AOS Cup. We have a big G4 tournament. But given that we have a guest here, I think we should start talking uh, to Chris a little bit first. Yeah, if that intro wasn't enough, Chris, uh, what are what? how would you describe yourself otherwise in the Pokemon Unite scene? I mean, for sure, I just also try to just improve the community a bit. I think just scale-wise, Unite is kind of lacking when it comes to how people play the game. And uh, honestly, I I feel like I'm more like a relatable kind of person because I, I suffer the same things that all my viewers suffer through, which is playing alone. Solo queue, dual queue, whatever it is, and uh, just getting grief left and right <laughs> and just trying our best to just make it through there, you know, without feeling too bad about it and still having fun playing, you know, builds that will help you win more games. And honestly, I just try to also just, I really want to educate the player base a bit more because there's so many things that just I feel like are lacking when it comes to knowledge. So that's also one of my main goals just when it comes to playing solo queue. Yeah, yeah that's good. Solo queue is, uh, it's a whole thing. Yeah, I, I know Crashy probably has some uh, thoughts on this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, I've it's, speaking uh, about <laughs> Chris, do you play solo queue sometimes? I, I do, I do. I. It's funny because this season was the season that I like, I was going to full Chris Heroes it, and I was going to play my one account full 100% solo. And I have. I mean, I, I have played it 100% solo, but I thought I was going to, like, hard grind it. Dude, I just don't have the mental for it. Like, I think um, it, as crazy as it is, you can be really good at the game. I feel like, I, as far as solo queue goes, I feel like I'm pretty good at the game. I don't have the mental for it. And so when I, like, I'll watch Chris's streams, usually the, the timing lines up well. You're streaming in the morning, and I'm, like, editing, so I just happen to be sitting there watching. And... I watch you go through the most ridiculous scenarios and I'm just thinking like you're like you usually kind of you get a little stressed you get a little tense you're like oh how is this happening like what are these players doing and I'm I'm mad on my side of the screen I'm mad watching you go through it so yeah it's it's tough man yeah. going going through solo queue you get the lane charizards like oh man it's it's really really rough it's it's something I, I was telling crush you earlier today on stream I had a um a Sylveon on my team that when it hit the two minute mark, they went back to the base and they pinged the goals and said, defend the goals. And my team listened. So everyone went back and defended our goals <laughs> in two minutes while the enemy did that. And I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. That's hilarious. <laughs> you flip, Lush. You flip. <laughs> I, I tried. Yeah, you flip. I tried. The, the Hoopa wouldn't let me move. So I couldn't really do it myself. I feel like when I'm playing solo queue, I, I feel like I'm a little... I, I understand where Crashy's coming from a bit. I feel like 
However, I'm a, I'm a little on the other side. I have the mental more than I have the skill at times <laughs> because uh, I can mm. handle it. I can just go, oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's what Machamp does. It doesn't show up to Zap. There's a lot of core fish <laughs> to deal with. Like, I understand that aspect of the game. But, you know, when when there are only two people at Zap, I'm kind of going, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to outplay this one. It just isn't going to work out for me. <laughs> have you ever heard my Spraggles impersonation? I would love to hear it. It's mm. I always because I I've watched you play and you're so calm about how you deal with solo queue <laughs> scenarios. And there's a there's a there's a little line that you say. It's the only thing that I can really pin down that you say whenever you're streaming. But you'll be like, what what is ha- what is happening? What is happening right now? <laughs> y'all see this game? What is happening? <laughs> and so I love saying that, like in your Spraggles voice. That's my Spraggles impersonation. Solid. I've also Solid. something I've noticed that I say uh, is, and people have pointed this out. The most toxic thing that I say is that someone's making an interesting play. So if I go, oh, that, okay, that's so way. that's interesting. So that's that's my way of saying I can't think of a worse decision you could make. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, so up there, Roto, hey, hey, just getting ready for the, the enemy team. Secret Ninja. <laughs> did I say it was interesting <laughs> when I saw that from you? You did. <laughs> okay, well, I did think it was pretty interesting. Uh, um, but Chris, I'm so happy to have you here. Obviously, we have a ton of stuff uh, to get into today. I, we should start with Espeon. Espeon just dropped into the game for people who have money, and it should be released soon uh, for everyone else. Probably, in some ways, in, in that respect, kind of the most controversial release in Unite in that, you know, for a mm-hmm. week, this Pokemon is only playable if you have real money to spend on it. We can talk about that a bit, too. But I'd love to get everyone's first impressions uh, on Espeon. And let's start with our guest, Chris. What are you, what were your kind of your first thoughts uh, when playing this character? My first thoughts, it just doesn't do enough damage. Like, it's a very fun Pokemon. It has gone off CC as well. But it just doesn't do enough damage. Like, for solo queue, it felt very bad to play certain. Like, it's good at setting up your team. But uh, it just doesn't really finish anything off. The Unite move is very strong. But if your teammates ascend, you say, do Corpfishes. Machamp is running around, clearing Corpfishes. No one, <laughs> someone needs to follow up your Unite move. Or you just don't do any damage compared to, like, Blasters, who one-shots everything in his Unite move. Yeah. It's just not enough damage. Besides that, the character is fun. I think it's very skillful as well. It's like one of the hardest characters to play well because it has very difficult skill shots to actually land unless you obviously play stall power. But yeah, it's just lacking in damage. That's just straight up. It's too squishy, lacking in damage. Yeah. Similar to what Sumeril, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. I, to me, it feels like... So we, we even tried it in, in team comps, right? We did it in scrims. And like, it feels like a support almost because it doesn't do enough damage mm-hmm. and it has setup, right? It just doesn't feel like it can play that attacker role because even if you pop off on this Pokemon... You can do like what me 60 maybe 70k if you go nuts but it's just it just doesn't do enough damage the unite's cool getting at level 80 is really good it's just yeah i, I think it just needs uh some numbers tweaked i really like psy shock i like the skill shot i think this ev is way better than the other ev early game um <laughs> but it's yeah i think it's just a little bit underwhelming but it can fine tuning would make this pokemon really good i think the the early game on this ev is like a tier s tier and then the late game Espeon is like b tier it's like it's like weird. It's like the character feels so like you play it in lane and you're like, oh, my God, I can secure so well. Like, this is so good. And then you're like beaming them for like a third or like half of their health. If you hit like the full <laughs> swift or the full side shock on them and then you get to like mid game and you're like, dude, what happened? Where did all my damage go? Like I was doing so well. But 
it's it's crazy because the character is like a true like mage right like it's got that range like mage kind of play style and chris it, it feels like lee it's like lee ming man it's like got the lee ming kind of style yeah, to it same ability, from yeah. from here's of the storm mm -hmm. and so it feels really nice to play i really really like it but i feel like either the the range doesn't feel far enough for how squishy you are and the damage doesn't feel high enough so it's like I almost like mm -hmm. at minimum the damage I think needs to go up, um, but I would I might wouldn't even mind to see like a slight range increase on like Sci, Sci Shock or Future Sight. But that's what I've been running. I've been running Sci Shock Future Sight. Yeah. Um, I will say I so, do like going to the Zap Pit and like in some of my solo queue games I'll just flip the Zap because like when I flip it and like right as it's about to die I'll just ult and pray <laughs> yeah, that my teammates get it. I'm just like go team go. Like. <laughs> it is that's cool. The passive is really cool. The passive is really cool though. It's just like better Duraludon really cool passive. passive. Yeah, it's a really yeah. cool passive. Yeah, it's pretty Stop giving attackers these defensive passives. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Stop doing it. I agree. <laughs> it's weird. I feel like as it, the game keeps going on, the passives just keep getting better and better mm -hmm. in bizarre ways. And when it starts, it's like, this Pokemon, when their health gets low, their yeah. attacks a Does little Lucario's higher. Does Lucario's passive even look that good anymore in the grand scheme of things? Remember how crazy no, it was? Lucario's terrible. Came out? Yeah, Lucario's no good Yeah, such anymore. a bad You're Pokemon. Right. Such a bad Pokemon. Uh, my first thoughts on Espeon, I, I feel like I'm kind of with all of you guys in that it could use a little more damage early mm. on it feels like a real menace so i find that with this pokemon i'm always showing up to dread at eight even you know no matter where you are it, you don't need to be in the center which is really cool because it's unite move is actually i think really impactful uh especially mm. for what you said crashy i mean mm -hmm. if you can pick up three or four enemies from the enemy team and just hold them in the air for a second someone on your team might be able to secure an objective if they showed <laughs> up to it so i mean that is yep. pretty cool uh it does feel like it continues to taper off as the match goes on and then of course you know chris uh being such a solo queue player recognizes that this is just it's just such a tough Pokemon as the match goes on because you can only do so much and you're just a squishy little thing that they mm. can jump on and there's not too much else you can do after your eject button, your unite is gone. However, I, I think I'm a little more maybe optimistic on this one than you guys. I think it's... I think its damage might not be insane, but I feel like mm. I'm securing KOs like crazy because of its stun. I feel like it's just so easy. The burst is solid to get sure. Yeah, the, the burst, burst is, is amazing. Really so I'm still only doing 70k damage in a good match. It's like, oh, 70k in a bad <laughs> match, it's like 50 or something like that. Uh, but I feel like I'm securing tons of KOs with it. And I'm taking every single piece of farm inside of a lane, which I think is pretty cool. So I guess it's those kind of like Age Slash in a way then, right? Like how Age Slash, you don't see crazy damage numbers, but it's doing crazy burst, right? Like it's, I think mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's yeah, really sure. similar. I would be interested to see if some teams could make this work maybe in an attacker slot, especially because if you can have it eight you know, for uh, Dread, if you're able to do that, which might be a lot tougher competitively. But if you're able to do that, man, that Unite just feels so impactful for catching a, a carry or something like that. Just eject buttoning right into a Greninja. I don't know. I'm, I'm a, I think I'm a little more excited about this release, maybe. Not excited. Excited is the wrong word. But I think I'm, I, I feel like it might be a little more powerful. I don't know. Those were my first thoughts on it. I think fun stuff for the Unite move, though. <laughs> I guess, eh? 
I feel the unite move though, like there's so many unstoppable effects in the game right now that actually completely negate the unite move as well. Like I remember my first games I played without Buddy Barrier. I blinked to the enemy team, then me Greninja uses full here, kills me three auto attacks, <laughs> and I'm just done. <laughs> and my unite move is like. I do yeah, think they, they should give can the unite move. Press full heal and it goes away. They should do the. No, I don't the think guard it should be. It just. Where yeah, they should yeah. do the guard. Might be a bit too like, strong, but yeah. Yeah, because like Being with Blissey so prominent, but you like, up knocked up is like insane. Yeah, competitively, like with Blissey so prominent, I just don't see how the Jedi move can actually be that useful. That also, I learned something. Normally, mm. hyperspace you can't go back into hyperspace if you're knocked up, right? Mm. But I united someone, and they were under a hyperspace port, and they're still in back to base, even in oh. Espion Unite. That's strange. I felt kind of scammed. I felt <laughs> kind of scammed. I was yeah, bad. yeah. I would too. I would so, thought yeah. I made a crazy play, and then uh, <laughs> and they got out. That's sad. That's sad. Wow, that is surprising. I, I'm kind of shocked that you could go back. But, you know, Unite has so many weird mechanics like that where you're surprised yeah, that someone probably goes back. You're surprised. <laughs> it could be a bug, and they're definitely <laughs> going to fix it. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about... I, w- I do want to talk a little bit about stored power really quick because mm. I think everything on Espeon's kit is pretty cool except for stored power. I and, like it. Uh, <laughs> do you like stored I power? I like it because you can I, just I, kite people like eternally. You know what uh, I mean? It's so fun. I don't think it's good, but I like it. It feels <laughs> you know, it's like fun. it feels it like fun, actually. the mystical fire of Sylveon, right? Like it's like yeah. the I can run around and do this and instead of being like the mage. And so like yeah. I feel like that's the the play they're going for. It feels fun, but I didn't feel like it mm. felt but useful. If, especially if you get like a future sight kill and then like it resets the stored power, you're just kiting mm-hmm. her. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. Like, is it great? No. <laughs> but yeah. it's so much fun. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it, where I think it's a it's a it is fun. It's a cool move. And it, mm. if you're three levels higher than the enemy team, well, it seems to be working out pretty well. <laughs> I mean, but otherwise, I feel like the enemy team? <laughs> me, I'm three levels under the enemy team. Uh, I don't it's, know the to do about it. it's the wise glasses, my champ. It's the wise glasses, my champ. But it ups its special attack. So uh, I, I don't know. I, it's weird because uh, I feel like it's kind of a cool move, but it feels the most undertuned part of mm. this Pokemon for sure. And I'm guessing it's just because it's a sure hit. And if they make a sure hit too good, all of a sudden it's the only thing people will do. Yeah. But that's probably the weirdest part of Espeon for me is stored power. Maybe they were so scared of Mystic Fire Sylveon release that they toned it down too much. Yeah, yeah. probably. Maybe that's what happened because that was terrifying. And we, well, we don't want like, that again. Even like the, the, so like the whole gem only for a week thing, right? Like I just to randomly touch on that. Not a huge fan of that, but do you know how much worse it would have been if this character was like super overtuned? Like it would just yeah. be, it would be yeah. such yeah. a worse situation. So I, Chris actually released mm. a video talking about like the monetization of like the game, the membership, and then like how Espeon came out for gems only. And um, I think like the biggest thing that you touched on in, in that video was like, you just don't want to see them make like the same mistake where like it, it, mm. it gives like some bad press about the game. Like, oh, well, they released a character where you can only pay for it. Yeah. And, and I agree. Instantly. Yeah. Because yeah. this. Yeah, I don't want to see that. You know, the, the definition of like pay to win is so loose. Like, yeah, technically, yeah. but not really. And and it's the same thing for Espeon. It's like, yeah, technically it's pay to win to get Espeon. But like Espeon's not that good. So like not really. So, like, yeah. had they released this character super strong, it would have been bad. So, I, w- I almost wonder if they, like, conservatively released this character. Like, kind of didn't sure. put a bunch into it. I sit on a bit of a different end on the uh, the gems thing. So, for me, it's like, I think of the Hooper release, and it was, like, event only. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is in the same way, but if you don't, say, have time to do the event or you don't want to do the event, you can just grab it for gems. And, like, maybe it should have been available after the event finished. 
Um, but like, I, I think I like the ability to make the choice to grab the Pokemon. Um, I would have liked coins to be an option, of course. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I, think. I, I, I do like, like the ability like the to, choice, to but... grab it because with Hoopa, you just had to wait. You just had to. You didn't have a choice. Yeah, um, but that was the thing. It was like fair, right? Like it was like fair that everybody yeah. had to wait, and that everyone exactly. could have it. Yeah, you, yeah. You could either expedite that by making sure that you're, you're like you're not expedited, but you can make sure you get it on time. Because actually, when Hoopa came out, mm. I missed it. Like I, I was like a day late. I was like, oh, I forgot <laughs> to log in one day. Um, <laughs> but I, I didn't play support at the time. I think I was like five seconds, so it didn't really matter. But um, I like missed it, and I was like, oh, I'm making a video on that. Um, but with this one, it's like I don't know, man. The thing is, is that like if you if you look at it in long term, if you already have the coins, like spending the money just like kicks the can down the road. Like you're just going to get the mm. coins back and then spend them on something else. But like how many yeah. coins do you all have? I have like 70K or something. Like, yeah, about it's, 70K. Yeah. It, it's like 85. 85K. Yeah. So like it's loaded at this point. <laughs> loaded. I now now the only way to repay me for this this heinous act that they've done I just need them to release a bunch of Pokemon for 10k in a row so that way I can guarantee just <laughs> yeah. buy them all just so like get I'm rid good. of them all like I've, yeah. I've got like I'm I'm covered for like seven characters man I'm just good. keep gifting those coins man five a day you'll lose them eventually you know you'll I have a hundred and twenty eight thousand oh my god. <laughs> Like, yeah man's getting gifted like crazy people gift look if you're on my friends list you don't send me coins every day you drop off okay that's just how it goes he's got like an underground coin gifting <laughs> yeah. ring going on i you know why i don't give people coins because i don't want to give them the same issue i have because i don't go into that screen anymore to receive the coins because my game like freezes when i try oh. to like redeem all the coins it like freezes oh. my game and like it just i can't it's too much Switch um, is not meant for all this yeah i'll I want to talk about the gems aspect of it really quick. I mm. also agree. I'm I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of it. I get where they're coming from. I'm kind of I understand where Lucia's at. You know, just like hey, I don't have time. I'm not gonna do the whole quest for this Pokemon. But it does just set up a weird thing where <laughs> we're probably gonna see a few <laughs> more releases that are gonna pop. You know, with this Pokemon at mm. whatever you know, 575 gems, and it's not really the end of the world, but it do, it does set up a precedent where this is going to happen more and more, and there really is no way around it. I don't think, as a content creator, I it's you know, it's a little bit damned if you do, damned if you don't. I've got to pick up the Pokemon, but I also don't really love the the practice of it entirely. I will say. What Crashy was saying is so true. I'm so happy this isn't Duraludon broken yeah, because, yeah. man, oh, the reaction to this would be insane. And I uh, do think that they probably intentionally released this Pokemon a little like, hey, okay, it's good, but no one's going to freak here. Because mm. if they released a Duraludon that was pay only for a week and it was stomping every single game, that would be bad. That would be mm -hmm. bad news, I think. Really bad. Really bad. But let's talk about builds. Let's talk about builds for this Pokemon really quick here. So uh, I think right now it feels like there's a little bit of a, a split I've seen between Psyshock, Future Sight, and Psyshock. What is it? Psybeam, right? Yes, yeah, Psybeam. Yeah, Psybeam. I think both of them have some merit. I love the Future Sight reset. So <laughs> it kind of is... It's hard for me not to use that move because when it's working out, all of a sudden you're chaining KOs and stuff like that. But I do think Psybeam actually has some really nice poke. It actually does 
a decent job also at securing, even though you already have a move that secures. So uh, I think that's pretty cool. And then build-wise, I've just been running a couple uh, pairs of glasses, usually in a buddy barrier, sometimes energy amp, uh, because I find that I'm uniting a ton with this Pokemon. I get like maybe four or five in a game. Yeah, but yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to hear from everybody. Chris, what are you playing on this uh, Pokemon mostly? Yeah, also future steps I shocks before. By far my favorite bit. I just wish that Futures had a bit more range, because, yeah. you know, you want to combo it together. I always want the Future Sight mm-hmm. first, but sometimes when a Pokemon walks into you, I just want to shoot back a Psyshock, and I cannot use my Future Sight, because it's the same range, but not really, since Psyshock has to travel. So that kind of annoyed me a bit, but yeah, for sure that bit as well. And the resets, the resets are super fun. I tried some Stop Power Jungle as well. Honestly, went quite well, but it's just jungling is overpowered, so it doesn't matter what you play there. Yeah. Um, Psybeam felt kind of boring. I really didn't like it. It also has like a really weird, it doesn't really bounce. It's only just like mid certain amount of degree and it bounces off to other targets. It's kind of like a little um, pew, like uh, yeah. it shoots out almost in a cone or in a, like I don't a know, fork. like a trunk. A fork? It shoots out in, yeah. in a fork, basically. Yeah. It forks. Yeah. <laughs> but it found it kind of boring. What do you use in do A bit more damage, though. Uh, I, I've tried double glasses and buddy berry as well. Sometimes muscle band. If I went jungling, so I have more clear. Mm, but yeah, I felt like Buddy Barrier. I, I tried to play without Buddy Barrier, and it took me like one or two games to go back to Buddy Barrier for yeah. this Pokemon for sure. Because mm, I just got yeah. blown up in my Unite move. Mm-hmm. And yeah, otherwise just double classes. Doesn't have the best scalings, but can also get focus band. Choice packs I would always play. And then, mm. yeah, Buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've been liking like... um. Actually, it was like when I was like trying it jungle, I was running like double band specs. I was liking that a bit, but I I've ended up dropping the focus band. I like to just do amp. I like to go just like full damage. <laughs> I I enjoy the the muscle, the specs, and the amp, and um, feels like you get to do a lot of burst after unite. So I I said I'm a stored power fan, right? Like I think Star Shock is a better move. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a better move, but I think stored power has like some some potential. Has some potential, and uh, it's definitely fun. And I think more people should play it. Because interesting that's, that's an interesting choice so you're yeah. asking, and if you're on the yeah. other team play it so you don't stun me well. you're asking <laughs> yeah, people really to be interesting in our games got it yeah be interesting, interesting. Be inter- cool be interesting. Sword guys, power. The, interesting. the game is about fun guys you know what I mean? it's funny it I, is. I remember it's when i mean this yeah what what's a zapdos just play i remember when buddy barrier got nerfed i got excited and i took buddy barrier off all the attackers i play and then like <laughs> it was like 30 minutes later i was like i'm putting a, i'm putting buddy barrier back on like every attacker i play <laughs> so um yeah Pretty so much. i i tried it without <laughs> buddy barrier i didn't like it um i definitely like future sight side shock but honestly the main reason why i think i like it is because future sight makes side shock like an aimbot like you literally don't miss <laughs> like so if they yeah. do step in front of you i just auto target it a lot of the time i i aim my skill shots but with Espeon, I don't really mm. aim it too much unless I feel like I have to. Um, but I've been running a choice focus buddy. I go the kind of I want to be a little bit tankier so I can make sure I get a good unite move off kind of feel. Mm. I definitely like lack damage with it, but but it's kind of like leaning into what you said. Like the Pokemon almost feels really supporty in nature. Yeah. And so like I definitely I did double glasses. I liked that one a lot too. Um, muscle. I did try XP share on a team comp. <laughs> oh, oh, y'all did y'all play in fives? Eh? Eh? We, we tried, we tried some okay. things. We're working okay. on some things. We're in the lab. Got you. You know? Yeah, so no, I I did it with muscle band and muscle band, uh, like muscle choice and buddy felt good. The the problem was just like you hit the end game and you're like poking at range, and so your muscle band is like it's not mm. really that useful unless you're maybe like ripping zap or something. But it, I mean, it's it's muscle band, so it's still good, but it's like it's the same thing as like putting muscle band on guard of war. Like you can do it, but I don't know. I'm not a huge mm, yeah. fan. Um, but yeah, That's so sure. I I go a little bit tankier on it and it. It, it, I think it's working okay. Do, do we all agree eject is like a must? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, yes. I couldn't yeah. imagine putting anything <laughs> yeah. else on it. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. It's so perfect for its Unite move. It reminds me so of Blastoise's good. Unite yeah. move almost, where oh, yeah. the, the positioning on on it with Eject is just so unbelievably important. You can set mm-hmm. up some really amazing things, and you have to be able to get in there in a split second. So I, I can't imagine you another... stored power in you want it to store power and well why would you do that wouldn't you lose <laughs> so the entire match first hold on i'm trying to think um but yeah i think eject is like a must on this pokemon for sure for i want to sure. ask you guys have you seen so Psybeam has this interaction where it will chain a stun or something like that and i feel like this is not something maybe you could ever really control but it sounds like a really cool thing. I just, I, I don't know if I've ever really seen I, it. I used Psybeam one time and then I used Fujisayan and I never went back. So I don't really know. Same. <laughs> so I, I guess, I think you can chain your own stun. So I think you can chain yes, your yes, stun yeah. off of Psyshock. You'll hit Psyshock and then hit Psybeam. And in theory, if people are in the small fork range that we talked about earlier, you could chain your stun a little bit. So, and that seems cool. It's like like it's like Rocky Helm in that. Yeah, there's an item effect there, but it like never happens. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's so rare to happen. Even dude, it it feels like I because I played a lot of side beam originally. I was like, okay, it's simple, right? Boom, boom. You just beam and beam, and I was like, all right, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm good with this. And I kept playing it, and I was like, dude, I never see this stun happening. Like, and so (laughs) at a certain point, once I got to the sure hit, I eventually moved over to future side. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going back. Like, it's just. (laughs) <laughs> it's free. It has that reset potential. It's it's yeah. like it has the delayed pop. It makes my it's my so satisfying. Side, it, it is satisfying, and I was just like it's so satisfying. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe if Psybeam was like a little bit more guaranteed to chain a stun, or like if it, yeah, I don't know, had better range or. Yeah, I love. Uh, speaking of uh, Psyshock, I love uh, its upgraded ability the fact that it flies a little bit faster i feel like auto targeting it i don't auto target it at all and then once it gets upgraded you can kind of just tap it it's not Mm -hmm. usually what i try to do but just because it's so much faster at that point it actually does nail a lot of targets where you don't have to aim as much so early on you're aiming and you're taking you know uh last hits from wild pokemon and stuff like that but then once you get that upgrade which i think happens early i could be wrong but is it 10 that you get that upgrade, uh, all of a sudden you're just kind of spamming it a little bit. I'm not sure the move ten, well. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a really Zero cool only. upgrade for it. What's I mean, the upgrade it's, it's for no stored uh, power? Stored plus, power? You know? Yeah, what's the upgrade for stored power? <laughs> oh no, oh no, I wasn't prepared for this. Put him on the spot. Uh, no, I know you just. Wanna... I think it's just you know. Was it just more damage? It's just more damage. It's additional damage below fifty percent. Yeah. Yeah. Why would it need more damage? All right. Well. Okay. It doesn't do enough damage. It does so much. No, it doesn't do that much. I was going to say, <laughs> I, I have, get a reset, so I have, it actually uh, does damage. You just need to get a reset. I have Unite yeah, DB when you get the reset, just because I, I was like looking at that now. And it, dude, it, I'm just so reminded how the terrible the scalings so are. Shocking. It's, they're the scaling so shocking. bad. It's weird. But this is oh. like an SP attacker thing, right? Like the SP attackers just like don't mm. scale well for some reason in this game. Mm. They just like, I don't felt like when I played Espeon, the boosted auto attack felt like it's a bug. Like it just feel like I just don't do any damage with it. It's yeah. just like... It hmm. seems so powerful, like of an animation, and then it does like <laughs> 300 damage on level 30, and you're just like, hmm, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure, I guess. 
I guess they don't want you. I mean, because your range, your your auto attack range even isn't that impressive. It feels like so. I guess yeah, right. they just want you hitting with your moves most of the time with this Pokemon. Hmm. Well, it feels like there's like I know a we combo have, well, there, right? Like it's like a you know you like future sight, side shock, stun, boom, auto attack. It's like it, it seems like they have like this like sequence. And I mean, again, I don't know how else to feel other than like I I am ninety nine point nine percent positive that after this character comes out for free, they will probably buff it. Like yeah, it just that just feels like what they I just set think they this had all up to be on PTSD and they wanted to just like tone it down. That's just how I feel. Well, and I don't know if this is I don't know how this works, but we heard the same thing with Azumarill that Azumarill's stats were one thing, and then close to release they toned it down so i wonder mm. if they're maybe maybe this is just because of tournaments i wonder if they're a little more cautious because of dragonite Duraludon stuff like that where they don't want a pokemon to come out and immediately be the craziest thing or maybe mm. they're just i don't know maybe they're just having fun with it sometimes it's crazy <laughs> sometimes it's not they know they're yeah, like they're keeping hey. us on our toes man keeping us on our toes yeah, never you know. never know. Some they've are got a, they've got a dartboard internally, right? <laughs> they've just got a dartboard and they just throw it and they're like, OP or not OP? <laughs> ah. <laughs> but they even buff Espion. Atsumaris hasn't been buffed as well. It got actually nerfed twice. Yeah. So Atsumaris is really, beyond weak and they got nerfed twice. Aquatel is absolutely unplayable now. I used to be Aquatel player, but it's just mm. there's no damage now. They just nerfed it. Whirlpool it is makes really no strong. sense. Really strong. I'm, I'm big on the Azumarill train. I'm big okay. on the Azumarill train. That we, is we the loneliest train. I can't yeah. think of a lonelier train. We won the AOS Cup with an Azumarill, guys. One Let's is remember the that. Okay. <laughs> <dumb. laughs> Let's remember that. I mean, Let's, talk about, uh, <laughs> Let's talk about the AOS Cup, by the way, because we haven't had a podcast <laughs> since the AOS Cup. So let's get into that a little bit. And uh, Lush. Uh, we'll start with you. I mean, your team did win your region's AOS Cup. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Uh, Thank tell you. us a little bit about that. Oh man, it was a it was a crazy two days, and it was it was great. So it was the first broadcast we ever got in OCE. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was really awesome. It was really good, and uh, we played some interesting picks, um, some interesting items, as uh, Jake commented about on his video. Um, but yeah, we it, it felt interesting seeing weakness <laughs> policy on Greninja. I went, yeah, but you know why? Did you know the story behind the weakness policy? Uh, no, I would. I yeah, tell me. So a big part about our strategy was um that Blissey and Greninja were like the, the core of the team, right? The core of the team. So the plan was, um, and, and as we've already showcased, we've already, we've already spoken about this, so I can say this stuff. Um, Greninja was our engage. So Greninja would be the engage and unite in. And as it was in midair, I would hit it with a Blissey unite. And because I'm taking the damage for Greninja and giving it a safeguard, it can actually take hits. So it gets the value out of weakness policy. And because of that, we were able to sweep through teams because they're not used to that. They weren't expecting it. And there's just so much damage output. Yeah, Surf it, has it was really actually high scaling. incredibly strong. Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. And I was running X attack on the Greninja as well. So it was just annihilated. Like, like Sulu was doing like 130k games, you know, like it, we were just wiping through teams. And um, it was really cool. And uh, Joe was popping off. The dude is, the, the dude did not play Lucario in one game. <laughs> he played uh, Serena in the top lane. He played Azumarill. He played uh, Aegislash and like, it was just, it was an amazing tournament. It was an amazing tournament. And uh, we, we were so happy to win. So happy to win. You know, we put in the hard work and it's nice to see it pay off. And, and yeah, man, it was just a great tournament. The broadcast was great. It was great. Loved having our casters, you know, maybe, maybe one day we'll have a uh, Jake casting for us. Who knows? 
Who knows, right? <laughs> I don't think they'd allow it. I, I don't know how it would work, but I don't think they'd allow me to do it. I think our relationship's too close, Lush. I mean, that's true. When you're with what you're talking about with Greninja, there, obviously, this is something that um, you can't do alone. But a no coordinated way. team can come up with a plan and make something mm-hmm. like that work. But of course. Uh, to the layman like myself, when I see weakness policy X attack on Greninja, I go, oh, I don't know what they're going to do with this. Yeah, you, you can't pull that off in solo queue. Don't try yeah, it. Just, <laughs> don't I was going to say, I think, there's, I think there's some Japanese players that run like attack weight. Like they'll just do yeah, like muscle scope attack weight. And so I actually run I mean, it right now too. In solo yeah, queue. yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes like, sense. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the same thing. It, it's so funny. Now that Buddy Barrier's gotten nerfed, you, you can take that that like risk of running an attack weight like i'll still jungle absol yeah. if i don't if i'm not laning absol i'll jungle absol and i'll still run attack weight because it's worth trying to get mm-hmm. the damage in um for sure. at some point we, you we know, thought you of attack weight for sure and we did testing but like in a high-end competitive setting is Greninja stacking an attack weight? no no no. it's it's you tough I mean? it's definitely tough yeah. um so the weakness policy on that that's that's always kind of the trade-off with weakness policy right it's like it's more mm. guaranteed to give attack stat but it's uh less yeah. less stat usually um, yeah. So yeah, no, I like I said, I get it. Yeah. It's it's cool that there was like a plan in place there. Y'all can you know take the hits and, and then and get I, that. And I return. do think, and people may not notice this as well. I think that that little bit of HP on weakness policy made a very big difference. It made a it? very it's, big what's difference. Was it like one twenty something? It's like two hundred. It's like so small, but there were so many fights that uh, Sulubu survived with a sliver of health. It's like a 200 sliver something, of health, right? and was able to sweep people look, out. Like, and know. if he didn't have that, he wouldn't have been able to. Obviously, Buddy would have been more health, right? But yeah, it's two ten. It just say it does. Chris was like, "Well, you for, did for a damage option, you know what I mean? For damage yeah, option, it okay. does." Well, a focus spend, but you know. <laughs> oh, we don't even talk about option, yeah, It would have been on cooldown. It would have been on cooldown, focus spend. Okay, would have been on cooldown. True, true, true. Chris, did you get to watch the OCE broadcast? No, I think I was. I was just, I, got to, yeah, I was preparing for the European as well. Uh, I only got to watch uh, the matches with Lucius' team, but it was really cool. I love seeing one of my favorite things about this game, seeing all the different regions, is how you know different metas form inside them. And mm-hmm. I love seeing a team that wants to try something different. And maybe the right choice is to play something like that on Greninja. I think Greninja is absolutely nutty right now. I it's, think it's ridiculous. Way, the craziest right Pokemon in the game. <laughs> it's um, insane. So I love seeing a strategy like that. Uh, and yeah, my favorite thing is there are teams maybe in NA and EU that won't try to run an Azumarill or Zarina or something like that. But then you see teams in Korea who are going, no, Zarina is like the Pokemon. We're, no, it, we're playing yeah. this right now. So like content creator question that we probably all get asked is like, what's the most underrated Pokemon in the game? Lately, yeah. I've been I've been saying Zarina. I mean, I could see how Azumarill could be that answer but for me lately it's been serena i feel like when i watched joe watch it i i was excited to play more of it myself and yeah. i like never jungled the character anymore because <clears> I, like when it came out it was like super jungle broken because the character was broken um but mm. i love taking serena in top lane lately it, it feels it's like fun like stomp yeah. is is nice to play in the current meta where it's like really bursty and so yeah. I've been running like attack weight, like I'll, I don't know. I've been running a few different builds, but like I'll I'll do like attack weight weakness policy and dude, a couple stomps on an attacker and they're dead. Like yeah. it's yeah, I, it's, it's pretty I think strong. Serena is such a mechanically intensive character too, and I think Joe's Serena mechanics are nuts, right? The dude is insane. The dude is nuts in the Pokemon, and like um, I think Pokemon like that, like I think they're slept on a little because Lucario is so prominent early, right? It is so prominent early, but when it comes to the later game, um, things like Azumarill and Serena and Aegis just put out a lot more damage in the later game. So it's like that trade-off, right? And it, it, it really takes a certain skill level, I think, to be able to pull them off, which is it was just really cool to see. 
It, it was really cool to see. I love again, that Venom Gaming also way. just put out the Power Punch Lucario again and just got every Zapdos and won oh, the man. Cup, so, <laughs> Yeah, we you know? saw. We, we've been seeing but a also lot more. Underrated pick, actually. Yeah. It's Sylveon. I know, hmm. I know certain other content creators don't like putting Sylveon in high tier lists. I, look, um, but I I'm have, glad to see Sylveon. Okay, <laughs> buddy. Okay, listen. I'm glad listen, to see some Sylveon being meta- played and actually appreciate it. <laughs> I always thought okay. she's underrated of a Pokemon. So Sylveon it's was so probably underrated. Oh my god. Sylveon was probably <laughs> underrated, but then like seeing the way that teams are using Sylveon, it, yeah, I, I can't deny that that's strong. Mm. But they they escalate yeah. the laning phase so much by giving it that early level four and so yeah. random random came out they put the sylveon strat on the map right and then um full sun was like oh yeah that looks cool <laughs> like let's just <laughs> let's just do that like let's do that that looks yeah. awesome i think that's so funny they had the interview um wait who was it with was it with slash can it was with um i can't remember snow who it was points, right oh it was snow points yeah they had the interview with snow points and he was like oh yeah we just tried that like an hour ago like or something he was like we just figured <laughs> we we just run it in a big tournament like um, and, uh, Let's talk about that. So what we're talking about right here, uh, for those who have not seen the tournament, is uh, in EU, which this tournament happened hours before NA, EU was won by Random Gaming, who has now made it to every single Grand Finals, won two out of three of them. I think, without question, this puts Random Gaming as maybe the best team in Pokemon Unite, or at least one of, without question, a handful of the best teams in the game. Their strategies are really impressive, and they came into this tournament running this split uh, jungle Sylveon that would head to the top path, start to harass the enemy uh, solo top path uh, Pokemon. It would also head into the enemy jungle and deny experience there. Uh, and they had Power Up Punch Lucario. They had, uh, I think they were also running Egg Bomb Blissey, right? Egg mm-hmm. Bomb Blissey. So they had a lot of cool strategies. Uh, Blastoise, of course. And their whole, uh, their whole strategy was head to every objective have these massive secure pokemon and take every single one of them insanely you couldn't leave random gaming alone with an objective for one second it would immediately be deleted uh, they did that and they crushed the entire tournament it was really really impressive and then hours later on the North American broadcast, Full Send copies that strategy and is able to crawl through the losers bracket <laughs> all the way up and beat the undefeated uh, in this tournament game and gladiators uh, in a double reset to win the NA yeah. final. So this is what we're talking about right here: is that uh, Full Send did not have this strategy. They saw it on broadcast <laughs> and went, "Let's play that," and actually won uh, the grand finals with it, which is. I mean, it was crazy. It was a crazy turn of events. Mm-hmm. I think, Chris, did you watch the uh, entire thing, I'm sure? No, I mean, and they went into like 5 a.m. my time. So when oh, I was okay. only yeah. casting Europe for myself. So I watched the yeah. beauties, though. Like, I watched the uh, awards and... Yeah, for sure. That was an impressive grand final. So, um, yeah. I'll I'll probably ask your help on this, Chris. I remember the funny thing about this whole Sylveon strategy is that it's not like it's a super new thing. I think it was either random or maybe mm-hmm. five guys or something that was yeah. doing it. They were gaming. They, it was they random. Gaming. did a, um, a long time ago. Yeah, it was random. So what they usually did was Charizard Sylveon, yeah. and then yeah. Charizard gets the leap up, and Sylveon does blue buff. Charizard does red buff, and then both gained the other sides. And Sylveon and they would go, then after they would the go buff, and bottom, pressure though, right? bot lane. Yeah. yeah, so th- they exactly. originally were doing it where they were just kind of like stomping bot lane with it, and now it's like turning into the like harassing the Lucario 
and and like going top lane and stuff mm-hmm. with it and it's so it's it's funny because it, it it's it, it almost feels like oh sylveon came out of nowhere after a patch like oh it must be better it's like a meta shift but it's really the strategy that's been going on for like a little bit and yeah. it's like now it's starting to shine so i just i kind of wanted to like throw that out there for context for random because random's probably sitting here listening to the world say like oh yeah sylveon's good now and they've like yeah but like we already knew that yeah, you know what i mean like we already knew that so yeah adis so. just loves, loves sylveon they so. had us testing it a long time ago because we yeah. started a long time ago yeah. It's it's cool stuff, man. I, I I love whenever and this is this look. This is one thing I've said about Unite a little bit. And I mean, I'm no one special. I just make videos and stuff. But I do feel <laughs> like we have to me. We have so much of like a copycat meta at times. And when yes. when people do get creative, weird stuff comes out of their their creativity and their testing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it's cool whenever like these strategies come up because Sylveon didn't get buffed. It's not like the, the character just is. The same character, and and I I gotta eat my words a little bit. It's better than I thought it was originally, and yeah. it's, it's fun to see. So definitely, like we we played that team comp. Uh, we tried it in just like you know just like ranked games or whatever, and we never played it before, right? We were like, let's let's try this. Let's see how it goes. Let's just pull it out, and we queued into AFR. You know the uh, the team from the the Philippines, yeah, yeah, I believe. The Filipino team. And they were they were running the team comp. They were running in in the tournaments, like so the actual team comp. And we just won so easily. <laughs> it was just insane. And we'd never played it before. We were like, this is insane. Yeah. This is just mental. And I'm terrified of it. And and I really want to see what happens when this same team goes head to head. Because that's gonna be kind of nuts. The zap flip is gonna be kind of crazy. And that's something I really I really want to see. Also, if Espion never gets a damage buff, you're gonna probably see double jungle EV. I think right now it's just a bit mm-hmm. too weak, the Espion. But both can get level four from the first jungle clear. Mm-hmm. One can go bot lane, terrorize bot lane, the other can go top lane, terrorize top lane, and both yeah. get level 4 without contesting anything. And afterwards, Espion can just go back to being the jungler. Is level 8, doesn't need level 9, which level 8 is super easy to get. Yep. So if Espion gets a buff, yeah. I think this is also something probably Random Gaming would probably be someone that plays this. Mm. Um, but yeah, it could be something they can look out for. And it's, 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 it's cool because it like... Nine Tails? Or do you think it's not mobile enough? I wonder if it could work mm. with Nine Tails. I think Ninetales just doesn't pressure enough. Like, Gleam is mm. nice, but it's just not the same last hitting and same damage to it that, you know, the EVs have yeah. or the Sylveon Hyper Voice and Psyshock. Just not similar in damage, but yeah. I was going to say, very it's true, cool because true. the the EV, like the two EV combinations, they, they both get their levels so fast. So that's like a really yeah. unique strategy to it for splitting the jungle because they just need less experience. Um, mm. I don't know. I think I think it'd be really interesting to see like an Eevee and like a Zeraora because we know how little experience that character needs, right? It just needs such oh, little. Sure. Experience. Yeah, it comes online immediately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but no, but it is cool though because I do think that if we if we could see something like that where it's like a flip comp and then you have mm. like an Espeon, Espeon like kind of like you have to deal with the Espeon or the Espeon is going to lift people up and it's the, mm. the interplay between like adding these new characters that have these new mechanics is going to get so fun and the strategies just around the levels. It is super cool. Like the whole notion I, of competitive jungle being a, a single person thing is like, that's already been out the door for like a little bit now. We're starting to see these split strategies. Yeah. I think the scariest thing about that team comp is that when the zap spawns, you, your frame rate's about six. <laughs> I think that's the scariest <laughs> thing about that team comp. <laughs> that team comp you. makes you play mobile. <laughs> yeah. You have to play on mobile it's, to it's use crazy. that team comp. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's funny that you bring up that team comp because I recently played in a tournament and we, we can get to the G4 tournament here in a minute. And I'm not, you know, a tournament pro or anything like that, as evidenced by that You're tournament. You're our coach. Wait, I wasn't um, going to tell everyone. But. Well, no. Well, just, uh. But uh, <laughs> we tried the double split 
the Eevee uh, jungle, and uh, we lost every single time we tried. So, <laughs> I gotta say, I think there's potential there, but we sure didn't pull it off. We were trying to figure it out. It just takes late game damage. It takes late yeah, game damage. It does. Sure. That's what it was. It, it was does. late game damage. Yep. That was, that was <laughs> if, you get, with it. if you get both to eight before Dreadnought, it's so strong early. We, we've tried it ourselves, but late game, you just feel so lackluster. Yeah, it, was, it is really cool. I love that they're adding in Pokemon that 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 makes strategies like this more diverse, especially after mm. you see a team figure out Sylveon and then Espeon's here. Yeah, I can't wait. And as to what Crashy said, I think we might see a little bit of a buff for this Pokemon after mm. it's you know uh, available for everyone and free. And that could be really wild because if this pokemon was a little stronger i think it does start to edge out pikachu nine tails yeah. i think all of a sudden yeah. this pokemon is really i, I, I really will say viable. this i love stored power now if it turns into release your mystical fire you guys will hear me <laughs> screaming about this move every single day crash you remember will you at least you admit if it gets buffed that it's bad now I mean, I've, like, I, I did say that's bad. Now it's just fun. Lush is a pretty, like, calm and collected person. I, when Mystical Fire Sylveon came out, you hated the game. It was so... Dude, you I couldn't so play. It, just, it turns up before, and then I just die. I can't do anything. It doesn't have to aim True. anything. I just die. Like, what oh, was man. that? <laughs> what was that? Uh, continuing a little bit of the Aos Cup talk, uh, I wonder if there was anything else that really stood out to everyone. I think, for me, the biggest story of the whole thing was what happened with full send. Yeah, uh, full I just send, think yeah. it was so... That was great. So impre- It's so impressive for a team to be able to do that, but it also just demonstrates, yeah, how, you know, a, a new strategy can come out and be so mm. difficult for teams to deal with. I wonder what we're going to see coming up here in May, because I don't know if we're getting a balance change before yeah. may it's mm. coming pretty soon but then again i have to eat my words here as maybe crashy yeah. did earlier with sylveon because uh or i uh i said there was no way we were getting a balance change before yeah. aos cup and then they changed the game for like four days before <laughs> like, the tournament and, and so. a pretty and a pretty good amount yeah. too um, i think uh i think in aos cup i think grand zero did really well um i think yeah. they put a, they, a really um Really cool story there, you know? Yeah, that was a... a, Yeah, I I will say, I I don't want to speak on it too much because I I need to truly sit down and and put more, like, watch time on it. Um, But the the way that the Eastern metas are starting to shift is getting really interesting. I mean, score comp Mm. is gone, and we're we're starting to see them, like, hard-pressuring lanes. They do, like, this two, like, two-zero jungle, three-bot kind of strategy. They end mm. up, like, like kind of like getting the farm, like, a little later on and sometimes splitting. And it's, I like I said, I can't even really say what it is because I don't want to say it incorrectly. Um, but if you do watch some of the Japanese games, it's it's getting really, really interesting. Yeah, um, I, I versed a comp like that, man. And, like, we were thrown off. Because the yeah. we're bot lane, we're like, okay, they're tri lane, and then they're like, okay, and the top lane is wait, there's two here. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like, wait, what do you mean? It's really bizarre, and and like I said, I I, I don't even want to talk about it too much because I, I don't want to say the wrong thing about it, but it, it's something yeah. to look at, and I, I just haven't really had time to sit down and, and watch it a whole bunch. But Japanese meta, like, like we have to we have to acknowledge the fact that there's going to be Japanese teams at Worlds. Mm-hmm. So these metas were always going to clash, and it was always the question of like score comp versus you know Western comp and Western yeah. style of play. And now that's still the same thing, but it's not score comp anymore. So we'll see mm-hmm. what people come up with how, when it comes to the world stage. Somebody's <laughs> got to win it. So can I just say how how cool it is? See how far this game's come from when everyone was just playing Nine Tails, Snorlax, Cinderace, Lucario, and um, Eldegoss. Do you remember that? That was every single team. Yeah. For like two months. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool to see how far the games come from that point. 
I think what Crashy said earlier about um, teams copying each other is just so true. One team mm-hmm. gets really good, and then everyone goes, "Well, I guess that's the that's the meta right now. You have to play Cinder. You have to play Lucario." And not that these Pokemon are, are bad or anything like that, but I just think one team starts to dominate a little bit, and everyone assumes that's the only way to play. And then a team comes out like I don't know if you guys saw Ground Zero, but they had a weakness policy Greninja, and that was really <laughs> cool to see. So I think fun, there, fun fact, I, I really Jake. do think there is something uh i think there is something uh cool to that because people do copy the best team a lot and all of a sudden mm. everyone goes oh this is the only way to play this game yeah crash in, in our region no. <laughs> we're recording we're recording video crashy he did yeah, ask yeah, we're we're let him know. yeah we're recording okay video. yeah fun, fun fact in our region uh when we queue into the uh, a couple of the other competitive teams from aos we're versing the exact same comp we played when we won the tournament and it's frustrating and we're realizing how annoying it is to verse <laughs> our, our own team comp and it's it's yeah we're trying to find the counter now. <laughs> That's what we're doing. It's funny. We're uh, um, Chris. Oh, go I was ahead, gonna Chris. say I'll, I'll end on this last thought. Um, the game is still like in its infancy to a degree. You know, we're still in that first year, mm-hmm. and uh, competitively, the the doors like the 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 door is just opening. Like things are changing all the time. And so while we do have a lot of copying, I think that like with these last few balance patches or last couple balance patches, we're starting to see that those identities start to shift. This is this is like mm-hmm. when teams are starting to say, you know what, let's do our own thing. We saw how Nemesis has been doing that for a while now too. They just do their own thing. Yeet fan will play like Decidueye in lane, and they've probably pulled back a little bit on that. I, I don't know if I watched a ton of their games um, in G four, but um, now is the time where, like, I feel like player identity and like team, their own team comps and strategies are starting to shine. So, so that's cool. Yeah, I was gonna ask Chris as just a final thought on AOS because you watched all of EU essentially. Did you have any other takeaways uh, from watching the AOS Cup? I mean, so I think the competitive is very interesting right now. Everyone having like different strategies, and as you said, identity. Like everyone has like their own team comp that they you know shine with. But to me, it's still like a bit of a sting in my eye that one team can play one entire team comp over the course of an entire t- um, like tournament and just get away with it. So mm. I still wish they would introduce some bans. Be like, okay, this team just played this team comp, just going to make it a bit difficult. We ban all this Pokemon, now they have to do something else. They have to adapt. I think adaption is still just something that's a bit licking in Unite. Of course, some certain Pokemon sometimes get changed. But right now, we just see Hooper Blissey in every single game. Like, every team comp has Hooper Blissey. And then the mm. three others can be like a bit different. Besides that, I'm happy for Unleashed. They finally got to a grand final. I feel like they have always been like barely top five, but they got very unlucky. I think like twice in a row they had to like literally just dropped out to random gaming in one tournament twice. They just had to play the winner mm. twice before even going to the top three because I think the brackets are a bit weird as well. Um, so yeah, finally showing that they also have potential to win these tournaments. Besides that, I think Europe is pretty close. We have like four top teams now with five guys disbanding, though they disbanded after the last tournament. Um, they still like two, four, five teams in Europe that I think can all like challenge random gaming quite a lot and uh, be our potential winners as well. Or like mm. words present, present, like, you know, make it to words as a European team. Yeah. 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 What a crazy little moment after Aos, by the way, for every yeah. team. I mean, we just saw so much shift happen. I don't know. And correct me if I'm wrong here uh, with any of this, but I think right after Aos, Blossom in NA disbands, five guys disbands, uh, a member of Random Gaming, the team that won the grand finals, is taken off of the top team. It feels like a lot of teams got shakeups. Foreign Famous lost a member after AOs. They dropped a member. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think, but I feel like there were 
tons of shakeups, right? Didn't IX have yeah. a big shakeup, and now now yes. members yeah. like Rins they on picked up IX, some members. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Black, what a even, crazy even Black shake Hand, up. Like Blackhand made roster changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I think like, <laughs> like Ground Zero made a roster change. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, literally. Oh, no, that's right. So so mm-hmm. many teams. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. My my thought was so funny on that. I I obviously can't. When when you're someone looking on the outside looking in, it's easy to just to have like a bias and say like, oh, I don't see why these teams are dropping people, but. Mm-hmm. It, it, it felt very knee jerky. I know why. I do. There's there. I know why. For some, it feels really knee jerky as a as a whole, and for others, I think it's always important to know that on the competitive side of things, sometimes things just aren't going to work, right? Like sometimes it's time for a change, um, and it may. It's not. It doesn't always come down to just like is player good, right? Like it. There's a lot of interpersonal mm-hmm. communication. There's a lot of relationships that have to be upkept and stuff, and so. Um, it's it's just, it was crazy. It was a roster mania for sure. So I mean. I've been playing competitive MOBAs for nine, eight to nine years now. I was a professional user store player for six years. And as soon as money comes into a scene, right, we, not, we didn't have much money yet in Unite. So tournaments didn't really matter too much. Yeah, you lost here and there. You won maybe some small tournaments. But now there's actually money on the line. Teams will try to be the best. And yeah. roster changes. Were, I was so, it was so funny to see because you can tell a lot of people are new to esports when it comes to Unite. They haven't experienced it yet. They were like, why are these teams making changes? This is insane. It happens in every single game after every big tournament. Every big tournament and every single esports game has roster changes afterwards, even for winning teams. They were like, okay, but what if we can get an upgrade still? You know, just because you won doesn't mean all of your teammates are the best ones. Of course, it really sucks for Chroma, who got kicked off random gaming. But when someone like Bruff gets available and they think Bruff is an upgrade, he will get us to worlds if we upgrade this one player, Mm. then they will go for it. It's like nothing too bad about it. And uh, of course, it sucks for Chroma. But in the end, at some point, when these tournaments come, everyone wants to make it to Worlds. Everyone wants to have the best roster. They have like now two months. And EOS Cup was a good test for it as well, right? Yeah. Everyone was trying their best to win. This was the biggest tournament we had yet in Unite with the biggest prize pool. So now people are in, like kind of know where they stand. And uh, yeah, it wasn't really too surprising to see roster changes like for me, but that's just because I've been in here for ages now. And I had to deal with so many roster changes in the past as well in my old teams after every tournament. So... It's just normally small things. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But for someone who just makes YouTube videos about <laughs> a champ wearing glasses, it, it seems crazy. I mean, it just no, it's I mean, it, sure it crazy. is. No. It is still crazy. Like it's because it, you have to like, and then being on our side of the screen, you have to like. I'm on Twitter and I'm like scrolling around. I'm like, wait, who? What? Wait, who? What? You know, I'm like, what happened? <laughs> like, so yeah. it gets it gets really crazy trying to to run it all down. Yeah, that was that was pretty nuts. But that was the AOS Cup. Some really exciting stuff. We there was the weird split in the AOS Cup that I think is really unfortunate, which is Japan and Korea played a different game uh, in the yeah, AOS Cup. Weird. I don't love that because if you look at Japan and Korea's strategy, and then you look everywhere else, like the the they're playing two different video games at that point. But you know, scheduling just made that. Uh, a thing and teams are going to have to be able to adapt because it's going to be the team that adapts the best that can win this whole thing we can talk uh, i know uh, crashy had some questions for chris uh or i'm sure we all do uh but we could talk really quick about the recent g4 tournament i didn't get to see the finale of it i know chris was saying that he got to see the finale of it i'll just talk briefly this is the first tournament i've ever actually played in with a team that was put together really quickly for this tournament. It was a lot of fun. I didn't expect that we were going to win and uh I met my expectations. We didn't win. Um but it was a really good time. I feel like uh having only practiced 
with a team one time. Uh, we kind of got a strategy together. We figured it out. And uh, we ended up playing against some pretty good teams and taking down a, a couple victories, which was pretty cool. Nice. I got to say that five stacking is a little addictive uh, in that... <laughs> I mean, you really get to experience the game in a completely different way that I have not before because I've mainly played this game as a solo queue player. And, uh, you know, there's just another level of strategy to Pokemon Unite that you really get to talk about when you go, well, how, what is our plan? What, how, what is our win condition? How do we want this to go? What is the way we want to win this game? What is, what's our plan with this Blastoise? How are we going to get all these stacks? So, uh, I really, I really loved it. It was a great time. We got beat by one of the best gaming gladiators. So that was a really fun tournament <laughs> for oh. me. Yeah. It was fun to watch. Yeah. I did a watch party for, uh, G4. And so the, the thing with G4 is that like, uh, it was kind of like an escalated tournament. It started really late, which was super weird to me, but um, it started yes. really late. It was like 9 p.m. And um, Chris, I think you said something about that. You were like, there's no way I was staying up to watch it because it was just yeah. so late um, <laughs> for you and your uh, time zone. But I, it was a little like all over the place because like the games were all happening at the same time. There was there was a main broadcast, but I had to like try to like find the best games to watch. So I'm jumping all over the place and then losers brackets are best of ones. So it's like I have mm. to now I have to decide. I'm like, do I watch the game one series of this winner bracket game or do I go watch this best of one? And so I'm like in my <laughs> chat and I'm like, which one do we watch? Like, you know, we're like scrambling. And so we ended up watching y'all's games a lot. We watched a lot of foreign famous um, foreign famous is just like they're a stream team, you know, so they're, they're fun to watch. Y'all's team is yeah. it was stream team. Wait, dream team, stream team. Stream team, dream team. Stream, we were the dream yeah. team of stream teams. So yeah, so, stream team, dream team. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, but then, dude, as it as it started cutting down towards finals, some of those matches started getting crazy. We had like uh, GG got sent down to losers bracket. They had to make a run. Um, IX versus IXGT was super fun to watch because they're like sister teams. I, I think um, pretty positive on that. And um, the losers bracket was just it was stacked, man. It was so so stacked. Yeah, Chris, you got to see a lot of it, right? Or at least the finals. Uh, and I watched like I watched four best of threes. So I watched like the the ones that were on the main broadcast. So like GG against IX, 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 and then the final and the grand finals. What I watched. Nice. What did much. you think from seeing and, yeah. the grand finals of it? Um, I was kind of surprised to see you know when Overlord doesn't play Lucario. I feel like it's already kind of weird. <laughs> like he is known to be like the best Lucario player. Whenever I see him switch away from it, I'm just like. Really? It's actually fun story. There was like Pogchamps who also have an insane Lucario player in Europe and he switched to Serena and it just looked like he looked so lost on it. I was like, why is he <laughs> switching it? He's so good on Lucario. Why would he not play it? And uh, mm. similar to that, but in the end, they, they Blackhand has their new jungler again or their old jungler again, yeah. right? Yeah. Jungle Book has unretired and uh, they look pretty good. They mm. just play pretty cleanly and... Uh, IX was actually pulling out the Absol as well, which I really liked. You know, it's like seeing Absol being played as one of my favorite Pokemon. So that was yeah. also quite interesting. Um, but besides that, I mean, I I guess they kind of tried to do what um, Random Gaming did as well, just with Absol instead of Sylveon. So mm. Absol was like doing one buff, trying to contest. But it's actually a time where the level 4 Absol tried to gank the Lucario, who was level 3 and just got killed by the Lucario. Yeah. <laughs> so that was also quite funny. Um, Sylveon wouldn't probably not die to that. But yeah, it was yeah. nice seeing uh, Absol being played. 
besides that, I'm just so tired of blissing hoop on everything again. I have to admit. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because yeah, I, I, I hoop is a problem. Not have a hoop, right? Hoop is a problem. I yeah, definitely blissing everything again. Every I definitely share game. your sentiment about a draft mode. I'll, I'll just touch on that really quickly because I think that it it it. it would also change our perspective on balance because there's a lot of characters that are like, oh, they're not really that good, but it's like they they would be. They would it would shift things around so much. But um, I want to respectfully throw this opinion out there because I never want to step on like competitive players' toes. I am just a spectator when it comes to competitive. Um, but dude, watching the winners bracket finals that eventually it was um, Blackhand versus IX that eventually led into um, a grand finals because IX falls down to Blackhand. They lose O2 to Blackhand in winners finals. Then they win their losers bracket finals. They go to grand finals and they end up losing to Blackhand. Overall, IX to me looked like the much stronger team, but they just could not close out against Blackhand. It was like it was like almost frustrating to watch. I was like, dude, y'all are right there. You're like kind of stomping them to some degree, and then they like lose zap or like they lose the zap fight or they you know like and it was just like oh man, it was so like. But if anything. Mm. The, the takeaway from this, because I don't mean to just dump on IX, is that IX is a newer roster. They were like they yeah. they're the reformed IX um, with um, Retsu, Rin, and they brought in Nudo. Nudo is the, their Absol player. I don't know Nudo at all. He kind of just like came out of nowhere. I've seen him play five stacks on ladder, but I don't think he was on a team at all. So it's this new formed roster of the North American roster mania. They look good. Like IX is looking really good. So big congrats to them for mm -hmm. second place. Obviously, again, same thing because Blackhand also had a two player roster change. Uh, big congrats to them for winning the event. It, it was a fun one. It was a really, really fun one to watch. Yeah, I'll uh, say so what you said there. Like, I, I definitely think like, yeah, it, it just came down to them being a new team because uh, yeah. I think uh, I think people don't realize that how much chemistry that fights really take. It takes a lot of chemistry. You need to really build that with your team. And Blackhand just definitely have that bit of an advantage. And I, I don't know yes if Nudo no, was no. on a team. Yes or no? There's always like, well, there's also a honeymoon phase in esports. Like, mm. there's certain teams who just are new. They get two poor players and suddenly the first two or three weeks, they just completely destroy everything. It happens quite often as well. There's always like some honeymoon, like everything works. You have like a new team. Everyone is super motivated. And then there's certain habits that come back for certain players. And you just like start struggling. And then you're like, oh my that's God, true. do this, I can't do this. And then, that's definitely true. Like, I can't this always that. happens. So there's always like some honeymoon phase. And the first tournament yeah. is a new team. A lot of teams always perform very, very well, and then it just slowly goes down and down again. But obviously, I hope that doesn't happen. Obviously, I want to see, see more the, like competition mm, as well. It's like the Twitter tweets that you get. You're like, new yeah. roster just got second place. <laughs> like we're feeling good, and yeah, then like exactly. yeah. over time, like you'll Dispended. like <laughs> it's gonna be like a month from now. And they're gonna be like, I can't stand playing with Pika Diff. He's annoying. <laughs> like, like, you know, like I don't yeah, know, something stupid <laughs> like that. <laughs> No, but it was oh, a, it yeah. was a it was I don't a really know if fun was on event. a team, but I've I've queued into him a lot in in ranked. He's usually playing with Rin from like even back in the day. So mm -hmm. like um, definitely been around at least. Definitely been. Yeah, around. and that's the thing. I had seen his name, but like competitively wise, when I saw that they like so they did like their Twitter announcement. They announced the IX roster, and um, I had seen him playing with Rin, and I was like, oh, like I didn't in my mind, I was like, I didn't know he was like a contender for a roster mm. slot. Um, so that that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, they yeah. they performed well. Um, uh, one last thought I can say, it's not specific to G4, is that if you were to ask me who the best teams in NA are, I can't answer. I just mm. have no clue. Every team, it's kind of like it what like Chris five said. To six. 
dude, there's like yeah. five to six teams that are like all the same skill level or incredibly close. Mm-hmm. And I don't even want to list yeah. them because I don't want to disrespect anybody. <laughs> like, it's just the, the teams are mm-hmm. so, so close. I so, can list them for you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, go for I it because like, I'll probably agree with you. <laughs> BFG, 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 IX, BFG, Dream Team, Nemesis. Dream Team. Stream, stream. Oh, yeah, stream team, dream team. <laughs> no, but I think it's just like the, there's like a clear top five, I think, in NA or like top six, which is like, you know, GG, Full Ascent, Nemesis, Black Hand. And now IX has a chance as well to maybe make mm-hmm. it into there. And I think those are like the clear outstanding who are always like top four, top five in every single tournament. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but IX only with the new roster now, of course, it was Team Blossom before, now making their way in. I think for Famous, they have potential, but they just, they just don't release their potential they have. Like they have good mechanical players, but. I've listened to their voice comms. They really have it's to crazy. prove those. Um, but besides that, yeah, they just lose in very weird way. Like they lose just in very weird ways. Mm. Um, but besides that, I think the other ones are like clear top four, top five in NA, and uh, all have a chance of just winning every tournament. I mean, I feel like in NA, every single tournament is a different winner. We have yeah. Nemesis winning yeah. one, Blackhand winning one, IX almost winning now with the new roster. Then GG is almost winning everything again. Now they are in four. They didn't do too well, but yeah. What I think is crazy There's too so many good is teams. like the the way that the um World Champion Series is set up too, like. If none of those teams perform on the day, they could none of them could go to Worlds. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it's very much. like it's it's anyone's game. It's really anyone's game. And that and that's also that leads itself uh, like lends itself to the roster volatility too. Because mm. if if a team feels like exactly what Chris said, like oh Bruv's open, we have to get him right. Like we we don't have a choice. Mm. Like he's the best tank player in EU. You know I don't I don't want to miss that opportunity to go to Worlds. And the the format of how this tournament you know shakes out, like the points, they they matter, but they don't matter enough to stop you from making mm. a change that's going to get you to worlds. I'm so. I could rant about the tournament system yeah. in this United series like for hours and hours. It's it's just it's yeah. really bad. I, I will say one thing it's about it, bad. like it is a little frustrating that so we've been number one in the World Championship series in our region the entire time, but we don't really get an advantage for that. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like really. it's kind of like. It is what it is. Like, it's fine, you know? It's got to perform on the day, but it it is a bit strange. Yeah, it feels yeah, like sure. if you have, you know, if you have a point system, it would seem to me that the idea behind the point system would be, let's say, and I know this is not the case, but let's say there were three spots for every region heading to Worlds or something like that. And I know some regions have one spot. Uh, but let's say there were three. It would be logical that, one spot would just be taken by whoever is the top point leader in the entire mm. tournament. Like those points actually secure you something rather than you make it to this qualifying tournament kind of for free. Cause yeah, that's like essentially the most consistent what team would make yeah. it. Yeah. Back so, in, back yeah. in the old days, me and Chris used to play infinite crisis competitively and we played <laughs> ESL tournaments and they would do like a season and it was like, Oh, the season's going to end at a land for like top four teams or something. And it was it was as simple as it, as you could imagine. They ran tournaments, yeah. and the top four on the leaderboard qualified for the LAN. So it was like the most consistent, the most participating, and the best teams made it to the LAN. Yeah. So it is a little weird that like the points aren't just like that, um, that they're leading into this like finals. But I think the other thing that you have to look at is like when they do the marketing for it, they're like grab your team and come make it to worlds you know what i mean and it's like you really could do that you could actually grab a team and if y'all were like you could nuts, play the last chance qualifiers just randomly come imagine? up and fluke the day well, that's, the, and that's go to my worlds. biggest problem i think is the and last just, chance qualifier i think the region it should just be the top eight teams from the point standings and that's it right mm-hmm. a team is the top then what actually means something in settings as well the top mm-hmm. eight teams go to the region and then there's no qualifier for the region i mean the qualifier for the region should be all the 
Like the tournament should be yeah, the tournament should be the whole series. Don't give exactly. any money anyway. It's like January, February, March. Like man, these cups don't give money except for the EOS Cup. So what's the point that they play these? Like a team doesn't have to play any of those. Can make it to regionals and then make it to worlds. Yeah. Like it's just kind of weird that a team doesn't have to play everything to just still make it there. So yeah, that regionals okay. is I saw it as well. That was like the first time twenty four teams in this Huge. last tournament for worlds. Mm. And there's like 12 on an open qualifier. I mean, it's just so easy to get. There's already 12 qualified as well. Like 12 instantly qualify for the regionals and then 12 more teams come in. It's mm. just like from open qualifier. It's just kind of like, that's just like probably the most bizarre thing I've, about this I've entire made, makes I've the made bracket so weird too. It makes I've the bracket so weird too because... Oh, you're saying question? I was going to say, I've made the joke that I could probably put together a team and make it to regionals. <laughs> it, it's, like, dude, it's possible. Yeah, probably, yeah. I probably it's possible. could. Like, what you I was definitely say, could. It, it affects the brackets in this weird way, right? Because... People will just play the launch qualifiers just like for fun. And maybe some like just for fun teams will get through. And some teams will just make it to the finals beating for fun teams while other teams having to verse like competitive teams. You know what I, I mean? Might, like it's just, I might do it, it makes now. it so strange. It just <laughs> makes it so strange. It. Do I it. should. Cause like, cause at very least I get to be like, I qualified for the regional finals. Nah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, weird. I oh, think sorry, you sorry. want a little bit of both, though, right? I mean, this mm. is just me. The unfortunate thing is there aren't enough spots to make yeah. this really work. But I think mm. you want a little bit of both. You want the best teams competing, but you also want that wild element where something mm. can kind of come out and also make it there. I think the unfortunate thing about it is, like, especially for OCE, when they have one spot, mm -hmm. it feels like we can't. Yeah really like, do that right or north america yeah. has two spots if there were four teams going from north america and one of them was just this crazy last minute team that got thrown together and crushed in a tournament i'm cool with that but it is tough when it's only one or two teams going yeah like like we don't we know world isn't guaranteed for us so we have to work very hard um but like right now in the point system we are in first place and we've made a roster change and the person we've put on has zero points and we're still in first place. <laughs> we were yeah. that far ahead. And it just doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It just doesn't matter. And that's a bit unfortunate. I actually have one more thing. What annoyed me about the EOS Cup is go back to EOS Cup one second. We talk about United Words right now, right? So mm. um, for Japanese and Korea, they broadcasted every single bracket game. I really don't like that European and A are like are the same broadcast. Mm. Like I was actually quite annoyed mm. when I couldn't watch every single quarterfinal because they were played at the same time. So it's like when you come to the region, it's there are gonna be so many games, so it's not even gonna be streamed. Because there's so yeah. many teams playing in this tournament now that they just have to decide, yeah, we just watch this, 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 and so of every single game. Which I think every, if, if you make it to the top eight, you know, in a tournament, I think your game should be casted. And, as, you know, it's fun to see casters casting your game. as always mm -hmm. a motivation for players also to be part of. And uh, that's what annoyed me. I think Europe and NA should be on different days, the broadcast as well. I really think Europe should be Saturday, Sunday NA, or the other way around. So we can have, like, you know, the entire tournament, um, every single game being shown. Just like yeah. in NA in Korea, Japan and Korea. Actually, uh, I think they did over two days as well. There was a lot of games being played, so maybe... I think the way they did yeah. it was pretty good. So they did OCE and APAC together. But what they did is they did all the OCE games and then all mm -hmm. the APAC games. They played afterwards. So it was just a really, really long stream. And that yeah. way all the games got to be shown. You know, I think that was a really good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, sure. as the game rises in popularity, I would not be surprised if they continue to do that. They're obviously feeling their way through this. And I think they're kind of... I don't have uh, any real insider information just being part of the broadcast. I can just say that it feels like they're figuring out how mm -hmm. this whole thing is going to work. And I would not be surprised if what Chris is saying is true at some point, maybe after this first season, uh, NAEU or whatever gets mm -hmm. split if the game continues 
you know, to rise in popularity competitively. So hey, I wouldn't be surprised. Thoughts on something, Jake? India what? got a spot. I know India got a spot. <laughs> India That's got so a spot. Great. I'm looking forward <laughs> yeah. to that. Yeah. That's awesome. So good. They so deserve good. it, man. I mm-hmm. mean, there's so oh, many sure. players in India. I, I'm they just surprised. Absolutely deserve a spot. I'm surprised you don't have a confidential informant. I thought all content creators came with a confidential <laughs> informant. <laughs> You're talking about a secret <laughs> informant. To me. Yeah, a secret informant. Yeah. I, I, you didn't I, get one of those. I, they I didn't don't. hit you with one of those. I you'll end to, you'll up being an a email. secret informer. Yeah. That's what it is. I I am the secret informer. No, I don't have I don't have that. They don't tell me anything. I'm, it's nothing. He's like, Crashy, so. stop it, stop it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Crashy, I know you had a, a question for Chris. Maybe we could pepper him a little sure. bit, uh, being our special <laughs> guest here with yep. some Time. some questions. Yeah, here. so I we're figured... really we're really gonna put it to you, Chris. These are okay. gonna be hard hitting questions. Yeah, they're gonna be so crazy. No, so I mean, we, you're our first guest on the show. We obviously had the intentions of, of bringing guests on at some point. Um, so I figured out we would probably do something like this, where we ask like a hot seat question to kind of end off. So it's a pretty simple one. I was just gonna ask if you could change, fix, implement introduce whatever one thing about unite what would it be well i think that's something i've talked a lot about already is make the zeptos and dreadnought not be last hits you know make it uh, be decided by a team fight and so oh this guy just had a luckier timing on his on his thingy because it's impossible right it's not even i think it's not even about skill when the team fight drops to 20 fps everyone presses unite moves it's not about skill anymore it's really just not so i really wish there was again in Heroes of the storm we had to use a capture point where people have to stand on a capture point after the objective dies. So Zapdos dies, there's a capture point spawning. Both teams have to stand on it, then it's neutral. If one team is on it, they start capturing over like three seconds. If they stand alone on it for three seconds, they get the Zapdos effect. And uh, that's just something I would like to see. Also for Dread and Rotom, the same stuff. You know, just it's just so annoying that if you don't... Also, if you play a Pokemon that doesn't have last setting, you just have no chance, right? There's Lucario with Power Punch walking up. Well, it's his now. You know, I can't do anything about it. So I'd say probably the biggest thing I would change about Unite is just how the objectives, you know, get captured. Cool. Do we? Yeah. I hadn't thought about it, but we could actually just answer this question in round table style if you'd like. That'd be cool. Yeah. I. I mean, I'll I actually just I'll kind of just talk more about what yeah what Chris was saying there. Sure. I think that's a really fun idea. I think especially after seeing what happened in EU and NA for the championships, mm-hmm. there definitely is something about just the last hit being the only thing that matters on an objective. I don't know how Unite might fix this, and I don't think we'd see a change or anything like that until after this first big tournament and season and stuff like that. But I would also love to see something like that. I think that's such a fun idea. I know... This feels very Nintendo Mario Kart-y. I feel like they want a blue shell in this game. They want mm-hmm. the ability for the team behind to come back. So I think they still need an element of that. But I would also love something slightly different when, yeah, when certain Pokemon that have execute moves or something like that uh, get so much more value than Pokemon that don't. I think that is an issue. And I think it's also why we see a Greninja standing in a top Elbush for an entire yeah. fight because they have, they have learned, even if this is a bad play, they have learned that if they throw that, uh, you know, big water burst shuriken in the right moment, they will kind of win the game. So it's, <laughs> Sometimes. it's confusing, right? Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes they just get killed by the five people there and then, uh, well, if they <laughs> use weakness policy, they need a buddy barrier in that moment. True. They, yeah. They didn't have the uh, the tech. No, I I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I having come from Heroes of the Storm myself a little bit, um, it, it makes the fights really, really entertaining because it turns into a calculated dogpile, right? 
Um, I wanted to throw the word calculated in there because, you know, when there's a circle on the ground that has to be uncontested for like a few seconds, you have to plan and use certain abilities and certain unite moves to 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 secure it. And um, it would shift the meta, that's for sure. I mean, certain characters would see a rise and a fall because of their abilities that have the potential to impact that um, Mm. that circle, that that point. But I think that it would be for the better. So, you know, I've seen whenever this opinion has been brought up, I've seen kind of like adverse opinions where people say like, oh, well, this might too be be too broken for that. And it's like, but we but we should welcome that because I think overall mm. it would be like a net positive, like something like Guard of War, like throwing future spamming future sites on the point or throwing its Unite move, something like Blastoise or not Blastoise, but Blastoise would be good. Um, but something like um, Snorlax with Block where he dives in and then starts shoving everybody off the point to try to secure it. Like these things would make for incredibly cool fights. And then it, it, you're right. It wouldn't just be, oh, that person last hit the thing. So I would like that a lot. I think it'd be super, super fun to see. Um, So, so yeah. the way it works, right, is you still have to take down Zapdos. And yeah. then it's, you take it down, a circle spawns, and the circle comes with a bar at the top of it, and it's multicolored. So it would be like it, half purple, half orange. It would be really interesting because I'm yeah, curious to know how people would play their Unites out, right? Like, would you use them? To yeah. win a fight, to take out the Zapdos, to try you to would, get the point, or would you have to save them for the point? Like it would, it would be really interesting. It would change yeah, a lot. Yeah, so would it, make, it would be, it'd, it'd be, be definitely a lot more skill based and strategy based. I think it would be, it'd be cool. like a mix of both, right? Because like you, if you could full kill the mm. enemy team, then you don't have to worry about saving a unite. Mm. But if it's like this, like dancing fight, and it's like getting low, and it's like flipping, then you like flip kill it, and then you like, oh, okay, well, how do we have? What do we have to deal with them when they step on it? Because mm. once it's up, you start stepping on it. Someone's got to step on it. Um, mm. so it's, yeah, it would, it would get really, really interesting. Yeah. It's just like, super I've never played a game. That's my biggest issue. I've never played a game where it was unfun to win. Um, yeah. here's all the storm when you like, <laughs> where come back? It was because you won a team fight. You had the team that was behind, but you still won a team fight. I won the objective. Here's yeah. just like, you get stomped the entire game and then your Wiggly Tough gets it with a gleam, the Zapdos, and you just somehow win. It's just like, it feels so unsatisfying. <laughs> I just, I just feel so unsatisfying winning games. Same when you lose games like this. It just feels so unsatisfying. But when your team are behind and you actually somehow make the team fight win happen, you kill two or three, you're able to capture the point, it actually would feel so much more satisfying. You're like, okay, we actually did win this last team fight, even with levels down. We actually managed to do something instead of just one guy walks up, throws out his bay. Yeah, he gets us. Okay, congrats. Now you can actually maybe win the game. So I just, it just feels unsatisfying sometimes. I'm just like, yeah, yeah nice. I won, but like, it just, it just didn't really do anything. Yep. Do you think yeah. that if they if they did make it that system though, like because you kind of have to win a team fight, that it would just be way too hard for a team to come back if they're getting steamrolled? Like if I don't think so. I think there's a lot of teams who um, still are able to come back. I mean, I think this game in general is still of comeback mechanics, right? Just the Odino spawning on your side of the map is so much comeback experience that I think the losing team always has a chance to win the last team fight if their team comp isn't too bad, right? Because yeah, if their team comp is bad as well, then. But I think there's always a chance for you to still win a team fight. People make mistakes, right? And mm-hmm. I. The Zapdos will still win your games, even if you're behind, like even if the capture mm. point. If you have to just barely win it, you can still win the game. So the comeback mechanic is there. It's still absolutely insane. Um, but you actually have to do something for it. Mm. I think that's a really cool idea. I, I had a, really a question for you, Chris, and then we can maybe I'll talk about this as well. So I was wondering, uh, I'm not sure if you have something off the top of your head, but I'm wondering what you think might be one of the biggest misconceptions players have about unite uh so what's something that maybe you feel Uh like the whole community thinks oh this is the thing and i think we're all missing it i mean i think it's scoring points (laughs) i think people ton of vision way to on scoring points 
I was gonna be honest. And then they show up as level eleven on Zapdos because they try mm. to run into gold, dying over and over again, trying to get those scores in. They're level eleven for the Zapdos fight. They're beyond useless, but they scored one hundred and fifty points, but in the end Zapdos goes down and it doesn't matter. And mm. uh I think that's one of the most important like one of the biggest misconceptions. And also Rotom. Rotom is just the thing. I feel like that never does anything, it just baits your yeah. team into bad fights. And uh, I seen a competitive as well, just just the tournaments later on. I never see. I watched like ten hours of casting the last weekend. There wasn't a single Rotom who did anything. <laughs> like it's a bit of map pressure, but like in the end with Hooper now, people just hyperspace between top and bot. It just gets defended, and it just does nothing. But yeah, scoring points I think is a bit is what people just turn a vision way too hard on. It's so funny. I on my stream last night. Um, you know, I as you could imagine, have people that will come and tell me their solo queue woes. And so someone was telling me like how they've had some rough games and blah, 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 blah. And in their like tagline, they're like, oh, you know, I had a game where I had like, you know, 10 plus kills. I did so much damage. And I, you know, and they were like, and I always average a score of like 150. And I was like, let me hold you there. I was like, let me stop you right there. I was like, <laughs> I want to make this clear. I was like, I think that everyone that plays this game should never care about how much you score ever. Like almost never, because it, the goal isn't how much can you score, it's how can you and your team score, right? Yeah. And and so exactly. even the stat line just fe feels so pointless to me. I pulled up my average score because I don't even know what it is. Chris, off the top of your head, do you even know what, what your average score is? No, of course you I think don't. Like maybe. ninety, maybe. Yeah, but but like the point like is, sometimes is the... I look at it like in the corner of my eye, but it's not yeah. ever paid. It's <laughs> exactly, like and that's, rate, but that's like, the yeah. point because you <laughs> would never you would never look at it intentionally because you know it doesn't mean <laughs> anything really. Yes. And so yeah, so exactly. I pulled mine up and I was like, oh, it's ninety. I was like, cool, like whatever. Yeah, like, I think I'm similar. Exactly, and so um, mm. and, and so I kind of like I was trying to make that correlation of like basically saying the same thing, like don't worry about it. Like play the game fundamentals, like hold your off lanes, like protect goals, like show up to objectives. Like when you yeah. play the game fundamentally, um, that's how you earn wins and not a high average score. So, no, I, I completely agree. I, I do think that ironic enough, the game's yeah. literal win condition is also the biggest misconception yeah. that people. I, over I think the same thing. Like I get the same thing. I get people saying like I score like 150 points a game, but I can't win. And they're like, I'm playing like Pikachu. It's like. Why are you scoring 150 yeah. points a game yeah. on Pikachu? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hit the enemy. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Stop split pushing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy, man. So many split pushes. The, the amount of times you will be in, like, solo queue and go to Zap and a Cinderace is scoring 50 on the enemy goal is, is ridiculous. It's kind I just of, had it today. I had a team fight. Yeah. I was, like, for, I was for getting three Unite moves where on me alone. And then I see two of my teammates run to run to top, run to bot with full <laughs> HP. Enemies are not five on Zapdos and they just try and score. The enemies were super low, literally living barely. And both of them scored 200 points and we lose Zapdos and lose the game. Mm -hmm. It's just like, yeah, nice. And this is something I also, I think my viewers are tired of me hearing is the first goal. People kill the first goal for like no reason. They just... Mm. Yeah, the gold is there. If you destroy it, we, the gold is down. It has to be good, right? Like League of Legends, you kill a turret, everyone gets gold. It's good. But like in Unite, it's such a disadvantage to kill a goal this early into the game. Yes. And people don't really know what to do with it. They kill a goal, they all run away towards the other side of the map. They completely do nothing <laughs> with it. Audience, and it's like yeah. the most frustrating <laughs> thing. You have like a set that you play solo queue, right? You have like four carries that need experience that can farm, that can't split push. And they just kill the goal, and suddenly you have no farm anymore. And suddenly, mm. yeah, your Synex is going to be level 11 on Zapdos, your Grinder is going to be level 12, because you have nothing to farm anymore. And this happens almost every single game. Whenever someone kills the goal at like 7.20, I die on the inside. Instantly. <laughs> Unless they're like a split pusher, right? Mm. But no one ever does that. No one ever split pushes, pressures the enemy or Dinos. Um, there's so many scenarios where like it would be good 
you know, killing the first goal, and all of us can run towards the second goal. There's no jump pads yet, but that never happens in solo queue. Yeah. People just kill the goal and move on with their lives. It's and actually it's, just, it's the most frustrating thing ever. It even takes it like a little bit further than that because um, I now realize that I'm making decisions based on what I know other people are going to do. So like because mm. yeah. because I know that my teammates will kill first goal, I try my best to make same. sure I overdunk yeah, on same. it, right? Because like if you yeah, leave same. it at two points, it's... you know it's getting capped at two points. And so <laughs> so now yes. we we know the deep strategy, but we can't even do anything with it because we just have exactly. to get as much value as possible. Like it, there'll yeah. be a goal that has like five points left on it, and I'll dunk like twenty eight, and I'm like, man, that feels so bad. But like I know that's probably best case <laughs> scenario because it's solo queue. So yeah, yeah. Can, it's, can I can it's I make like a little yeah, small public service announcement here all right guys sure if you are in the top lane and the and there's five enemies pushing a rotom to your goal and it has like 10 points just let it in let it yes. in yeah. just let it in just they move out throw. of the way they will throw you know what's it's the worst when they let it snowball they'll they'll throw mm. their lives away then the enemies will dunk before the rotom gets yes. there then they push the yes. rotom all the way to tier two and stomp <laughs> so that too annoying. and it's like no just <laughs> let it in just let it in it's crazy man uh something that i think is really interesting kind of in this same thought process, I'm so confused. And I guess it's just that people don't realize how valuable it is. I'm so confused as to why when the enemy does break your top goal, maybe they break top and bottom and we've broken neither of their goals. Your team wants to surrender. And the whole time I'm thinking <laughs> we're, this is not bad for us. We have yeah. all this experience. Yeah. We're going to be have pretty none. powerful, but your team's like, well, that's it. Surrender. I got, we lost Rotom. We lost first Rotom. It's, over. it's very weird. It's such it's a weird true. mentality. And I, I guess people don't understand how valuable it is. But the second you have those three Audinos in the top path and oh, they're back so every minute, I mean, you're just there's so much experience yeah. there. It's Unless crazy. Unless you break their goals back, they're kind of starved for farm. Unless they come yeah. from the side. We, it's, it's in the so most good. recent uh, tournament we played, we had a couple matches where the enemy didn't break our goals. And with having no goals broken, it's mm -hmm. really hard to get enough experience throughout the game. Like, I... I honestly really prefer my top goal being broken early. I want mm -hmm. them to break it. I kind of don't care that much about this first Rotom fight. I'm not just going to give it up. But at the same time, if that goal is broken, that's great for me playing any Pokemon that could use experience. Like if I'm playing Blissey, mm. I guess it's not the best. But if I'm a Machamp <laughs> or something like that, I'm in heaven when that top goal is broken. I'm yeah, so yeah. surprised that teams it's so funny because it. it seems to the point where like you can see the devs intentions like I don't think the devs might have even considered that players would ever be smart enough to hold the goals and then you see that in competitive <laughs> and dude if a team if a team gets dread and holds goals and farms that lane you're going to see like level 10s 12s 13s and you're going to see some like level 9s on the other side mm. and they're struggling so hard but the minute you break that goal you just throw it back to them if, um, if you if you get dread and you don't break goals and you like take care of farm properly like you can stop the enemy team from getting unites by second dreadnought you know what i mean like you yeah. can really freeze them out it's, it's a very big deal uh, it's a very big deal the worst part is like um I, I used to read sometimes reddit right and uh it was just so funny it's like there were people saying oh we lost dreadnought and then our top couldn't even get rotom if you lose dreadnought and then you get rotom and break the enemy gold it's like the worst case scenario ever <laughs> yeah, you don't even want worst. to get top rotom <laughs> like it's it's the worst thing you can do it's like this is the worst like someone breaks the gold and you lose rotom at the same time then we just like an experience heaven instantly mm. and uh yeah this is just something i don't know how like it can be like teachable towards the community at least mm. now like it just happens every single game 
And uh, I don't know if Timmy should be doing something against it. Maybe also still have some like more camps towards the other side to neutralize that. Um, but yeah, it feels awful when I play like a farming character and suddenly I don't have any farm anymore. And my other characters also need to farm. It's just, uh, it feels yeah. miserable. And suddenly that's comebacks possible. That's how the comebacks happen. Mm -hmm. Suddenly the enemy hyper carries a 14, 15 Azeptos for free. Right? Yeah. He had to do nothing. He just had to port back to space. <laughs> you can't push him to second goal. It's most often it's Rook either. Like, it's just a death sentence. So they just farm free experience until Zapdos, and suddenly they're like, oh, enemy Syndice is level 15. Or enemy Venus was level 14, 15. Even though he was getting stomped the entire early game. <laughs> and uh, suddenly you just lose the team fight. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's uh, it's an epidemic, guys. Uh, did anyone else have any other questions for Chris before we uh, close this thing out? All right, guys. This has been uh, wonderful. Chris, uh, please tell everybody where they can find you and all the cool stuff that you're up to. Well, I stream every day on Twitch under Chris Heroes with nice solo queue action. Uh, try not to be frustrated. Then on my YouTube channel as well, Chris Heroes, I upload a lot of my games, a lot of guides. And uh, yeah, that's it. Your YouTube and Twitch, Chris Heroes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much with for being no here. For the people of listening. course. With Thanks no for having me. Yeah, Chris without an age. Sorry? Chris without an age is what he said. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if you're listening on the right podcast, here, no is, age. it's CR. Yeah, there's no age right there. Like, I'm show it right here. There's no age between. <laughs> That's it's a true. that has an age, but my Chris doesn't have an age. Yes. Uh, I want to thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening to You're on Fire. Big thank you to Chris for being here. For myself, Loosh, and Crashy. Thank you so much. I love you all. And goodbye. Mwah. Bye. Bye. Bye.